When I go to Sacramento, I will pump up Sacramento. Sacramento, Sacramento, Sacramento. Turner Sparks just got married and has moved home to America after 12 years living in China. Sir Michael Ira Kaplan has two kids, a wife, a job, and has spent his entire life in the USA. Neither one can figure their country out. This is Lost in America. All right, everybody, welcome to Lost in America, episode 84. My name's Turner Sparks. I am Kaplan. You can find me at Turner B Sparks on Twitter. You can find Kaplan at Cap in America. On the podcast today, we have comedian Donnell Rawlings. Yes. You know Donnell from Chappelle's show back in the day. He was Ashy Larry. He was a ton of those characters. He was hilarious. I'm pretty excited for this one, I got to say. I'm very excited. Maybe the most excited I've ever been for an interview. I think this is number one for me. Yeah, because Donna, I used to watch this show um, when I was in college, early 2000s. We'd watch it in our house with uh, my roommates, and then we'd go to the bar, and they would be on TV. Like Everyone would be talking about it right when the episode would end. And Donnell, it was Donnell, it was obviously Dave Chappelle, it was uh, Charlie Murphy. Those were like the main guys on the show. Yeah. The, and, and then you remember after now when we're Don, actually when gonna be talking to him. You remember after when Chappelle left? Do you remember when Chappelle left? But they still had those like three or four episodes. They had like a couple of episodes. Charlie Murphy and Donnell, and right? Donnell yeah. like hosted it basically to run through the rest of the season. So he's on. But what he's gonna be talking about before he was on Chappelle's show, before he was a comedian, he was in Korea in the United States military. In and he was he invaded North Korea. Before it was the fashionable? I think maybe solo. <laughs> maybe by himself. I don't know. Unsanctioned. Maybe yeah. unsanctioned. So, but Cap, before all that, yeah. they legalized gambling today. Or yesterday. Yeah, it's like our Brown versus Board of Education moment. What the hell? Like our, our, uh, Everything the gay marriage, doing. whatever the, whatever you call that case. Plessy versus Ferguson. Plessy versus Hogafell, whatever the, I can't pronounce the gay marriage this case. This is the but I, Roe versus Wade. This is, we're finally could come out of the shadows. We're real people. Exactly. And like, you know, friend of the pod, Benson, texted me, to yeah, one of my favorite degenerate gamblers to oh, celebrate. Yeah? I feel like everyone I know who's a degenerate was texting me yesterday to like congratulate me. It's such a To congratulate day. themselves. To, to just to just I didn't know this moment would came. We worked for it. It's a big day for America. All those years of going door to door, lobbying on behalf of this, calling yes, our congressman. Calling our congressman, call writing in. Yeah. Sending letters. Because they always say letters are better than emails. Exactly. Sending letters. Calling. And we finally got the fat guy in New Jersey. Chris Christie took care of it. Right? Yeah. Well, I always hear about the like hot dog I, eating. Oh, if it was anybody who would want to <laughs> get gamble, if this would be there. They're like white horse or whatever you call the it. White whale. White whale. It would be the whale, Chris Christie. The yeah. white whale. The white whale. Well, yeah. Of course, it, he would focus on gambling. I think this might make him the alt middle candidate because I feel like be. this is an alt middle issue. He's tough on crime, but not on gambling. Not on gambling. So we welcome you, want Governor Christie. Want to come on the pod? Get him on the pod. You know, he, his career needs a little. Bump, he needs so. a little. Yeah. yeah. So it's a good day, and now I can freely. I can I don't speak in code about gambling anymore. I can speak I on the record. I, I can inch my bets. I can do it all. You can do it all. What's going to be your first bet? You got to make a bet, right? Your pressure's on. You have to today to celebrate. Yeah. It's like uh, I'm going and buying pot if you're in California. The day it becomes legal. You just got to do it. Oh, yeah. Is this going to become really annoying now? Like the way people, everyone's stoned. Like everyone's like everyone's just going to yeah. make pot. They're going to make like pot dog treats. Now we're going to make gambling for dogs. And yeah, all. everyone's going to go out of the way to say they do it because yeah. they're cool. My first bet, I think I'm going to bet on the, uh, I think I'll play it safe. I'll bet on the, uh, Gold State Warriors? I was betting on the Sacramento Kings to hire Rick Adelman to be the new head yeah! coach. That's a, Let's do it, Sacktown. Turn things around for you guys. Well, that's going to be exciting. So we got that. 
This weekend, I want to get to my plugs. Yes, plug away. This weekend, this Friday night. First of all, Thursday. Uh-huh. Back it up. Wait, wait, Wednesday. Tonight. <laughs> okay. Kung Fu Comedy Club. Kung Fu Comedy uh, NYC show at the New York Comedy Club. We have Ronnie Chang coming out. We got DC Benny coming out. Joe Schaefer, Gus Tate. All ca- Speaking of Joe Schaefer, we'll get to him in a minute. Yeah, Everybody's it. coming. It's going to be a blast. Uh, we have Allie Breen, who's an upcoming. She's going to be on the pod pretty soon. She's going to be on the show. Paul Hooper is going to be. It's, it's going to be best. So that is 7 p.m. tonight at the New York Comedy Club. If you're in New York City, come out to that show. Also, tomorrow night, Yonkers. I'm coming home, baby. Ooh. 8 p.m. 8 p.m. 7.30 p.m. at the Yonkers Comedy Club. That is on Thursday, the 17th, and then Friday, the 18th. I'm going to be in Philadelphia, two shows, 7 p.m., 9 p.m. with Jeremy Pinsley, with Abby Washuda. It's going to be a blast. Saturday night, I'm flying to China all next week. I'm going to be at the the China International Comedy Festival. you said you're going to do some comedy on the plane. It's a long flight. You could do some set. Up, get, if work it's out a Southwest deal. Airlines flight, maybe they'll let me. <laughs> so the Southwest flight to China. So I'm going to be all next week at the, at the Kung Fu Comedy Club in Shanghai judging the comedy festival Ooh. competition. And then on Sunday, this, the 27th of May, I will be headlining the final night at the Kung Fu, at the China International Comedy Festival, Kung Fu Comedy Club in Shanghai. Get your tickets. So come on out if you're in China. Come on out to that. Tickets are already on sale. Or if you want an excuse to travel. Like Sunday's fans will travel when the Eagles are playing in London. Eagles fans yes. go to London. Treat me like fish. Yeah. <laughs> Treat me. Be so a deadhead. Of the pod. Go, do your reason to go to China. And, uh, oh, can I plug one thing? Wait, wait. Oh, last, oh. last shows to get to. Uh, and then I'm f- finishing the tour on June 1st and 2nd in Singapore. Ooh. Donnie Trump's following me. He's gonna be on. He's gonna be a couple weeks later. But I'm gonna be there February, uh, <laughs> June, Trump. June 1st and 2nd. Yeah, he's a good. He's he's got a good good set up at the Mary Lion Comedy Club. So get tickets to all that on my website, turnersparks.com. Now, Captain, and I got get- one big thing to plug. Tomorrow, we got Teddy Kaplan is gonna be walking in a walkathon for school. Oh, wow. Yeah, he's got to walk 10 laps to raise money for the PTA. So if you want to donate per lap basis or a flat fee, if you don't think you can make it, oh, how many yeah. laps? Or if you think you can't make it all 10, you want to do like five hours a lap. Yeah. Any, any, anything is appreciated because we don't want the PTA stealing money from, Amazon, from our Amazon Ex- thing. Enemies so of the pot. They're enemies, so we want to make peace. So if you donate... You can uh, you can hit me up on Twitter, Captain America, K P I N America, and I'll I'll sh- I'll let you know how to do it if you're a big fan. Can I have if you're I have a fan of idea. Teddy Kaplan on the pod? I have an idea. Yes. Can we if we want to make peace? Can we meet them in Singapore? Can, we, like, oh, like, oh, like the North Koreans. Like I, North Korea is meeting Donnie Trump. Can we meet the P- Let's Donnie. offer them an olive branch. We will be in Singapore. Right, the problem is the PTA will use all their funds to fly to to Singapore. I think no, they have to use private funds. Yeah, we're using private funds. Right, that they want to come. Get out, sing more June first and second. I'll be there. Mary right. Line Comedy Club. Tell them no bubblegum allowed. Like at a PTA meeting. Exactly. And uh, come find me. All right, you can broker it out. Broker broker two deals. Which is a better chance of making peace, us <laughs> and the PTA, I don't or, think we or have North a shot. and South Korea? I think Trump and North Korea. So we're not winning the Nobel Peace Prize. He's gonna win it. He's gonna I think it he's got us. it. Yeah, but whatever. That's where I am. If you want to find me, if you want to make peace, anyone. Yeah, come you, to Singapore. You got to find me in Singapore. You'll be at uh, Rick's Coffee Shop down on. I will be at Rick's. <laughs> <laughs> Last thing, Amazon, as you mentioned, Amazon, you guys, if you want to support the podcast and you're not a PTA, yeah, you want to stick it to the PTA, stick it to the PTA, go to lostinamericapod.com before you shop on Amazon, click on the right up, uh, upper right hand corner, the um, banner, that'll take you back to Amazon, do regular shopping. And guess what? Money comes to us. It keeps us getting these great guests, although yeah. we don't pay our guests, but it keeps us 
I, I actually promised people are saying, how did you get a uh, Donnell on the show today? I might've promised him something. Oh, so, geez. so that went through our budget for the month. The we Amazon just budget. blew our budget. <laughs> All right <laughs> now. Okay. I want to, let's get to lost in America. I'll explain after the music, play the music, play the music. <laughs> Cap, we're back now. As I said last week, last week when we left off, I was about to do this Chinese language stand up comedy show at the Comedy Cellar with Des Bishop, with everybody, right? Yeah, Ronnie Chang. So that show happened in the week since that happened. I've been in Florida, I've been all over New York, I've been all over the place. Everyone's asking me, How was the show? What happened at the show? Did you speak Chinese? What happened? What happened? What happened? No one ever asked me about my shows, but this specific show, everyone wants to know. So yeah. I thought instead of telling these people one by one by one by one, I'm going to do it on the pod. With an eyewitness account. With an eyewitness account. So we have Joe Schaefer on the line right now. We're going to recap this show. Joe, we're talking about the show we did in Chinese last week. First of all, how are you? I am. I'm great. I'm still, I'm still, uh, you know, enjoying the adrenaline rush from that show. Oh, save it, buddy. <laughs> Here's what, hey, Cap. This is what I was. Okay. So Cap, let me just explain to you. This show, and Joe, you could jump in at any moment, but this show, it was a Chinese language show. Am I correct, Joe? Well, uh, yeah. So we were told. Yes. Now, let us preface all this by saying that it was our first time performing at the Comedy Cellar, so thank you to Des and Ronnie for letting us do it, no matter what we say in the next few minutes. Well, they're big Stakes were high so. for us. They are big listeners. They listen to every episode. <laughs> but, but, <laughs> okay, so... <clears throat> It's our, but also that's it. It's our first time performing at the Comedy Cellar. So not only are you nervous that you're performing at the Comedy Cellar, but you now you have to do it in Chinese, and so then that's that's a level of of nervousness that I, we never been to. And then, so I'm spending all. I found out a week in advance. Joe, well, I'll just start. I found out a week in advance. I'm going to be on the show, so I start writing all these jokes in Chinese. I'm told it's a Chinese language show. You have to do all your jokes in Chinese. So then the day of the show. Des says, hey, Turner, we need a couple more people. Do you think that Gus Tate and Joe Schaefer would want to do it? I said, guess what? I just happen to know Gus Tate and Joe Schaefer. <laughs> I, oh. can, I, he was asking you, uh, I can get in touch with them. Yes. Let's see if they want to do the show. So, But this is the day of the show. We asked Joe Schaefer to do the show. Joe, you could take it from there. First of all, the most exciting thing is that day I found out that I'm on Turner Sparks Rolodex, and that was just. Oh, filled me with a joy, filled me with a light inside of my heart. It's pretty exciting. That... I'm on I'm Turner Sparks' address book. But anyway, yeah, so so uh, I get the text, because we, we knew Turner was doing it. Uh, he had told us earlier that week, and then he uh, texts us. He's like, so you guys think you'd be up for uh, doing the show? And me and Gus are like, <laughs> yes, please. <laughs> it's so like, they... uh, you know, the Joe's... call we've been waiting for. Joe's first question to me is he goes, yes, I'm in. He's, I'm like, okay, good. And then he goes, but do I really have to do it in Chinese? <laughs> I'm like, Joe, if you didn't have to do it in Chinese, you wouldn't be at the Comedy Cellar. We, none of us can perform at the Comedy Cellar regularly. We're only, it's because we have this weird niche that we could also perform in Chinese that they would allow us to perform at the Comedy Cellar. So 
And that's it. So we all write all these jokes. We meet up before at a deli around the corner. Joe, it really felt like it was my first time doing deli. stand-up comedy. And meet at a Chinese place. Life. Well, you know, Turner, actually, we didn't mention it at the time, but it, there was there was a sort of a, a nostalgia factor of me and you sort of pacing around the block before the show. I mean, that does really feel like BD circa 2011, you know, on Dagulu. Good reference that, that, that no one will get. It, it's, yeah, yeah, the first place we ever did comedy, it feels like that. It feels like we're just starting, so we're meeting up. We're practicing jokes. We're like, well, I don't know, what do you think about this? Would this be good? Is that good? Not only that, but we don't speak the language right. like anymore. A, you're like rediscovering your yeah. love of stand-up by doing it in another language. Sort of. My, to like my fear. Early, yeah, you're, exactly. That's Turner, part of the Turner, love, no? Yes, yes, you're right. Turner's dropping knowledge on me. He's like, look, man. You were, you, were, you were giving me advice, you know, because I'm, like, asking, like, how do you say ancestor in Chinese? And you're like, yeah, we're going over vocabulary. This... Yeah, you were like, <laughs> you, you're we, we were like, how do you say this word? How do you say that oh, word? Oh, my God. You're cramming yeah. for the test here. It, yeah, it was cramming for a test is exactly what it was. I thought that Joe had spent the whole week when he found out, he listened to the pod, he knew you were going to be on. He was fuming. I thought he was practicing, just waiting for his opportunity to barge in there. I assume he probably was. Yeah, he was ready. <laughs> you, you guys, you guys, you guys, uh, you gave me way too much credit for that. I would that I would ever prepare at that level for something that may not happen. Like oh, yeah. I, I was a twelfth yeah. man in basketball. Coach always said, "Be ready. You never know when I'm going to call your number. Be ready. Know the game plan. Know where you are in the." Okay, so let's right. fast forward. I, I'm, I'm the guy. I'm the guy where coach comes over. He's like, "Sheriff, you ready to get in?" And I'm like, "I'm wearing jeans and everything, <laughs> and I'm eating like a like a chili dog." He's like, "What the fuck are you doing, Schaefer? And I'm like, "Oh, I didn't. Oh, my bad, coach. I was, <laughs> I very, was playing on my uh, very on true. my phone." Now, and coach, what's the Chinese word for chili dogs? I need to use this joke later. <laughs> so, Joe, fast forward to the night of the show. So we get there. We're, as we said, we're practicing. We walk into the comedy cellar. It's their side room, the Fat Black Pussycat Lounge. We walk in there, and big problem. No, Des Bishop comes up to us, and he goes, hey, guys, I got news. Half the people bought tickets who bought tickets have no idea this is a Chinese-language show and don't speak Chinese. <laughs> the other half of the people bought tickets specifically because it is a Chinese show and are expecting a show in Chinese. This is some next-level challenging. Then, well, then, then he goes, he goes, guys, there, there could be just no pressure in there. Absolutely no pressure. Just get up there, figure it out on stage. Have we're fun. Like, we're like, Des, is this show in Chinese or not? He's like, just look, we don't know. Just get up there and just feel it out. And we're, no pressure. We're like, Des, there is pressure. You can't. It was. It was just the, the absurdity of. Yeah. It, it's like if. It's like if um your your billionaire friend came up to you and they were like, hey, we're going on this yacht, and you're like, well, are you paying for it? They're like, oh, maybe. Just if you have to pay for it, don't worry. Like if you're <laughs> yeah, pay for it, you pay for exactly it. Exactly right. Don't worry. Yeah. It's figure it out later. Few, it's just a few uh hundred thousand dollars. Just don't <laughs> worry about it. And you're like, but that's not. Yeah, that's not within my means. So Des goes up first, right? And Des, and then he, not only, Des goes up first, but then Des brings Ronnie, Des were and they, Ronnie. Were they in Chinese? How do they do it? So they decide to co-host it. Right, okay. Which, are, first of all, that's already like, that's a good move. Right. Because you don't, if you don't know which way the show's going to go, at least you have somebody to bounce stuff off of. So they go up, they start co, they co-host. Des kind of takes the lead a little bit. He talks a little in Chinese, but then talks a little in English, but then he's doing they're not really doing material. They're kind of just like rip, like just right. talk, like almost doing a live podcast, oh. right? But back and forth, back and forth, hitting words in different languages, but you can understand what they're talking about in either language almost, right? Joe, am I right on that? 
yeah, they were they were just kind of feeling it. They, they literally went on stage and they're like, so who in here speaks English? Who speaks Chinese? Like they clearly they, they actually said to the audience, like, we don't really know what the hell we're doing. Um, we clearly organized the show and weren't really sure. So it, it was it was transparently like ill ill thought out and non-planned. And so it was very, very ad hoc. Oh, and then I forgot to mention this part. I'm the one who has to go up first right. on the show. So it goes me. Jocelyn Chia, who has been on the pod, and then after her, Gus Tate has been on the pod, and then Joe Schaefer, and then Misha Han, it's also like Lost America Comedy Night. This is a comedy. My, Misha Han, who's sitting up in the rafters, is just laughing at all of us. That we have to do this. He came literally just to laugh at us. Right. And we're like, he do you want to do the show? He's like, no, no, I don't. Time. I don't speak Chinese. I'm not doing the show, <laughs> but I'll laugh at you. And so then, so I have to go up first. So they're up there together. I'm the first person who has to go on stage solo by myself. Uh-huh. So I go up there. And I bombed through the floor. <laughs> How many people were there, would you say? can you? It you was can't... sold out. Right. 85 people. Wow. It's a small room. It's a good room to bomb in. But yeah, because I go up there and I do my first joke in English. And that's like, okay, it kind of works. You know, they get it. Second joke, I'm like, I'm, I guess my strategy, first of all, I picked to go first. Right. Big and mistake. everyone knows, doesn't know why I picked. <laughs> Joe, I'll let you in on why I picked. I picked because I was like, okay, first of all, I had a strategy in my head, which was, I'm going to go back and forth, one joke in English, one joke in Chinese, one joke in English, one joke in Chinese, and I'm going to make a bit about the fact that, wow, this is such a weird thing that we mixed up this show. Problem is, Ronnie and Dez spent the last 10 minutes making that exact bit right. out of opening That's the bastard. show. That's stole your material. So then now it's just, okay, do your set. Mm. And the other reason why I picked to go first, Joe Schaefer, is because I knew who's yeah. coming up behind me. Joe Schaefer, Gus Tate, white guys who speak Chinese – and all of my jokes that I'd scribbled out that day are about being white a white guys. guy speaking Chinese, and I don't want them doing my bits. Right, exactly. So I'm like, you I'm need some people. You need some people of color doing Chinese. Exactly. Come on, some diversity. <laughs> POCs. Come on. We get Jocelyn Chia. So, so I go up, bomb through the floor, as I said. Because here's the problem: you do your first you joke in English. You didn't bomb that. Why do you just bad. go up to the people who speak English and just? I'm going to talk to you guys. <laughs> well, the whole on. You didn't. Sparks, you didn't burn. You didn't bomb that bad. You it, that was like a. It was it was a. You were just feeling it out. It was. I've seen bombing. You were you were doing fine. It was just wasn't like you weren't getting the big pop. That's it was true. A, I guess that's was, true. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. You're right. I, when I came off the stage, I didn't feel like I bombed. I just felt like I was like I, I don't know. I guess I did okay. Like it right. was fine. But you bombed. It was absolutely a show where you wanted to go last, like I did, because you just needed to watch everybody else. We, you, you were. It was a show that well, was, wait, was we're very uncharted territory. We're getting, okay. we're getting there. So sorry, I go up. Sorry, I do one in right. English, one in Chinese, one in English, one in Chinese. That that's the worst strategy. I find out in the middle of doing it, right? Because you never get momentum. No momentum. Because you get half the audience to be like, "That was funny," but then they don't understand the next three minutes, right? And then the other half of the audience reverse. Mm. So it's not working. Should have brought so someone then, up there who could like uh, be a translator or something. Well, that was supposed to be me. I speak. So then, so then after me, I guess while I'm on stage, everyone kind of Joe's in the back, but I think they're starting to figure it out what to do. And uh, then Jocelyn Chia goes up and she opens with a joke in Chinese, Mm -hmm. does her whole set in English. Yeah, also Turner at that point, Ronnie comes up to us and he's like, Don't do that. (laughs) (laughs) Don't do what I did. Yeah, yeah, he's like. 
Whatever you guys do, don't do that. This is a teachable moment here. What Turner's doing. Oh, man. (laughs) This is like coach going up to the guys on the bench and being like, Yeah, when they start. You're pulling the starters. Well, you know, when you see certain coaches and they're yelling at the bench about things the starters are doing, (laughs) you're like, Why are you yelling at the bench guys about this? Ronnie was doing it. Basically, yeah. (laughs) Wait, what? You see that arm tackling out there? Don't be doing that arm tackling. (laughs) (laughs) So he literally just said, Just don't do what Turner does? No, he he was like he came up and he was like, "Don't try to translate your jokes." He was like, yeah. "Do them either." And he, he was he was we, we were all figuring out why you you were definitely the canary in the coal mine. You were you were you were a cautionary tale, Turner Sparks. It was you 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 dove on the grenade, and we all appreciate it. Someone's got to go first. Or, it was in, in battle. Someone's got to do it. Exactly. Got to run to that. Someone's got to die first. Yeah. So it was. You're right. It was a bad idea because I was like translating. I was like, do half in English. Be like, oh, mm-hmm. what I just said was, and that doesn't work. So then. Jocelyn goes up next. She does uh, well, but she. So Mostly then we change the strategy. They change the strategy. They go, okay, do your jokes in English, but talk about China. Right. That's what that's what Daz and Ronnie kind of come up with. So Jocelyn does that. She does pretty well. Gus goes on third. Gus, whole show in English, right. doesn't even talk about China. He literally just does his, his purse joke. He did his- one knock knock <laughs> joke in Chinese, and I was like, wait a second. I could have just done my best jokes in English. Yeah, that doesn't count though. The scoring in the score in the judges. Yeah. 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 So yeah. I was that that really ruffled my feathers. <laughs> but, but, that, <laughs> that, but you should have seen that because Gus doesn't he doesn't have any jokes about China. Like he never does. He's he's always avoiding jokes about China. Was. But he's lived in China. He could have written something. He also oh, has I a know. doctorate. He has a PhD in Chinese language yeah. from Princeton. <laughs> Yeah. I'm like, dude, if anyone, That's Joe and I, part. Joe and I got but this you know what stupid else? You know street expat. You doesn't like talking about, Turner, there's two things Gus doesn't like talking about. One is jokes about China. Two, the fact he went to Princeton. Those are the two well, things he never talked about. Princeton boy, I new hope, enemy of the pod. I hope he's triggered. <laughs> so then, Joe, you went on last, and I will say this. Joe crushed, and Joe had the perfect strategy. Uh, which it's Joe did all his jokes in English, but peppered, but it, they were he was talking about China for the Chinese people, right? But in a way that you didn't have to be from China to understand it. He did the jokes in English, but he peppered it with Chinese throughout the jokes. A little slang, lower exactly words certain words you didn't have to know what was going on. I commend you, Joe Schaefer. Wow, he took over well, that, the room. He for, crushed it. Congrats. First of all, like I, I told Andy about that, and I just described the show to him, and immediately he was like, that's your wheelhouse. Like, you have to know that I spent years in China doing that exact act. So basically, <laughs> throughout the show I'm watching, and I'm like, it became very clear, like, oh, my old act is the exact perfect uh, thing to bring to this. So it was, yeah, I mean, that for me, it was like, oh, I just do my old my old China bit, was pretty which good. is Andy like Curtin. an old glove. Coach Curtin there. There also were some Joe Schaefer fans there in the crowd from the from the viral videos he does with Mama Hoo Hoo. Oh yeah, I had a guest set on one time. Was tearing so off the tops. To close this out, what I gotta do? Stage. Exactly. So what I gotta do to close this out? I'm gonna go back. I'm gonna find my old jokes, my China jokes. Maybe get Joe Schaefer to tutor me. I'm gonna punch him up, and hopefully we'll do it again sometime. It was a blast. Thanks to Ronnie Chang. Thanks to Des Bishop. And I'm glad that Joe Schaefer having a big star like this on our podcast now is gonna give us a bump with the uh, oh, China yeah. comedy scene. We're gonna get the Joe Schaefer bump. Thanks, Joe, for being on the pod. We'll talk to you soon. You guys, yeah. you guys can send my appearance check to uh, Bay Ridge. <laughs> I'm going to go. There's over. a carrier pigeon at the end rooftop here. I'm going to send it over right now. All right. Awesome. See you, Joe. Talk soon. Later, guys. All right. All right. So that's it, Cap. Ants is an app. It is an app. You can get it in the app store. It's up to five-minute audio recordings. But you can just message people if you want to yeah. talk to your friends. If you want to talk to your bookie now that it's legal. If you want to talk to your bookie. If you want to place a bet. 
Yeah, if you want to place a bet, if you want to donate to the PTA, to my to Teddy's Walkathon, Lost in America Pod, Insert. or Lost in America Ensis. Ensis. E N S E. Get it in the App Store. Get it on Google Play. Get it wherever you get apps. Get it where you get apps. That's it. Now, should we get to Donald Rollins? Let's bring him in. Come on in. <laughs> Hana dull set net tasa yosa yublum yobaseo. Deca young name, deca doctor K. Arso. Donald Rollins on the podcast. And you ask, oh, for all my Korean fans out there, that's hello. Say hey, Pumani Pajaseo. So for all my Korean friends that like to drink, that's like, oh, let's get messed up. I go cha. Okay, shut up. I know a little bit enough for, uh, I know enough uh, Korean just to. I won't, I'll never get gypped at a whorehouse. Right. Okay. <laughs> and important, important details. And very important Skills. details. And uh, and um, I'll never mistake uh, a chicken for dog. <laughs> that's actually now that's the that's the extent of my um, uh, uh, survival. Yes, survival. Whorehouses and meals. These are the most important parts of the day. What uh, else? If you think about it, as a man. All right. I can play that part. What do you need to survive? I think that's pretty much it. Sports gambling just got legalized. We got that, yeah. <laughs> See, that's gambling. a very white answer, right? <laughs> what else is there anything in life, Donnell? You forgot to mention IPAs. Yeah. <laughs> you said nothing about an IPA. I got to take the calves tonight. Yeah, and, uh, yeah. Oh, I need to None of that. Nothing about getting smashed or getting hit. But Donnell, <laughs> who you got, LeBron or what? Yeah. I get it. Different perspective. Free Chris thinkers. Christie, Chains America. Oh, oh Jesus. <laughs> you got it legalized. Yes, sir. But yeah, those are the basics, I think. Food. I would say, yeah, yeah, totally. Where were you in Korea? Where were you based? Um, a lot of people that don't really know military, the first question they ask, so were you in North Korea? Hell no, I was never in North Korea. <laughs> oh, yeah, I understand we, knew, we knew that much. Yeah, okay, y'all <laughs> y'all are smart. I know y'all, y'all, y'all going guys. for LeBron tonight. Of course you knew the answer to that. <laughs> and, um, but uh, I was stationed in Kunsan, Korea, and that's like the southernmost part of Korea. I was stationed there. I won't tell the years. If you want to know my age, you have to do a full-out Facebook social media investigation. Yeah. Don't believe everything on Wikipedia. But um, yeah, I was in um, I was in uh, Kunsan, Korea. I was probably three and a half or four hours away from the DMZ. Yeah. And I was there years ago, and I had a really, 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 really good time. I went in the military. I was eighteen when I first went to Korea. Ooh. Yeah. And um, from where? In, where are you from? Washington D.C. by way of Alexandria, Virginia. You got to say that people from DC, you're like, where are you from? Washington DC. What part? Silver Springs, Maryland. Yeah, yeah. you know, it's always like a suburb. Of, <laughs> That's everybody, of, though, yeah. right? Yeah, but in you DC. try to try to because DC was the coolest place to be from in that area, so everybody wanted to associate associate yourself with being from DC. Now, you say South Korea. Uh, I mean, uh, Southern. Isn't Busan in the South? Kunsan, Punsan. Oh, it's not Bunsan. It's Punsan. Oh, but it's with a B or no? That's with a whorehouse. It's with a P. Oh, it's a P. Is it Beach Town or something like that? Or that's um, different. No, I don't know. I, I'm um that's hard. I wasn't there like 
protected our country. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, you had it was all, you're so white, man. Is this interview going to be all right? So Donnell, was it a <laughs> real gonna, beach town? Real no, there's no, a beach No, it was a town. fucking war town, bro. Yo. Like, was I'm no three and a half hours 80s, away from the 90s. DMZ. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, yo, yes. so where'd you guys go for surfing? <laughs> no, we need no, to know. It wasn't Our listeners want to know but where the to sea, surf. But the, the sea was there, but that sea was gross. Oh. But it wasn't, it wasn't, it definitely wasn't like a beach town. But Poonsan, you probably saying it wrong it's Poonsan oh okay P-U-S-A-N and that was like that was Poonsan and Poonsan they were like that close to each that's what I'm thinking of maybe yeah what did they so what was it like so I went to uh, uh, somewhere outside of uh, Seoul to do stand up and it was outside it was a military base and then right outside (laughs) the base was like a town and the town they were saying that the town was basically run by the the, whoever ran the military base even though they had a mayor a Korean mayor of the town it was pretty much run by a People on the base, like the general. Yeah, you probably were uh, close to um, Osan. Osan, that's where yeah. I was. Yeah. I was in Osan. 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 See, you the know Osan. what? You question me, I know my shit, son. <laughs> I was asking. Yeah, you know, because I, I was a cop in the military. So when you describe that, like, I know, like, when you, did, did you actually go on the base? No. Oh, uh, because if you go on the base, like, when you go, I, like, I was, a, again, I was a cop. And my job, I worked, like, the perimeter or the main gate. So whenever you would come to the base, the first person, first four people you would see would be two um, Air Force guys and two um, Rock Air Force people, the Korean um, military. So when you described that, I knew knew exactly. I, 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 was, I almost could see it because one of my closest friends, he was stationed there and I used to go see him and he used to work that same post. And what did they, because when I was there, the military police came around at like one in the morning because yeah. it was curfew. Yeah. And then they- They called it town patrol. Town patrol? Yeah. Town patrol, like you have, you like your 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 primary responsibility is to, to protect the base, but because like in the small towns, a little outside areas, you have a lot of military people there. So those guys would go late at night just to make sure that Americans didn't get any trouble with the locals and stuff like that. And they just kind of patrolled our military away, away from the base. And as a cop, that was the the real coolest job you could have as a cop, being able to drive a military, be able to drive a a, a military issued vis- a vehicle on town. With a gun on your side, ah! <laughs> I felt like a white boy in a rodeo. Man. It's like it's like closing time at the bar, basically. And you got yeah. like everyone. It's like ultimate then, power. Yeah, right. yes, yeah, ultimate power. And then this was be. I mean, I'm I'm quite sure some of the guys use their power in a very non-accepting way. I would to imagine today's standards. <laughs> <laughs> What's okay, that that's how you break it down. What it was like I know they was probably me too on people before me too. Were actually, <laughs> that was coming. Actually, before I was actually born. And no disrespect to that movement. Yeah. Because we need that movement. Because there are a lot of guys out here that are filthy. I mean this guy right here. He looks at it right. Like even when I said <laughs> even when I said that he looked at me like where which way are you gonna go with this? Because I, <laughs> I may, knew where we were going. I may be accused in the next couple of weeks. This might be my last my last podcast. <laughs> wow, that's uh, that's why you got a book guest these days. But here, no, know. I have a question though, because when I was there in Osan and uh it was like midnight or twelve thirty, whatever time it was, and the military police started coming around to make sure all the soldiers got back on base. Yeah. But the soldiers weren't dressed like soldiers, they were just dressed like regular. But then they somehow. I was in McDonald's. Okay, first off, what is, what is wait a minute? What is dressed like regular? Like they were in uniform? Is that what you they mean? Was they were not in uniform. jeans. <laughs> what they was wearing Fubu shirts. I mean, what was like? I'm still working on my I English. I just want to know. <laughs> they weren't dressed like regular. I was in I mean? China for 12 years. I just got yeah, back. I'm, okay. I'm still catching up. Nah, because you, for the military, you only t- only I'm like when you're not. The only time you're 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 you're, you're required to wear your uniform is when you're working. You know, so. You know, it would make sense that if you get if you're off work, you know, 
You see, most people, when they think the military, like you see, like during the Memorial Day week and stuff like that, and you see Navy guys here, you're like, oh, shit, they always wear a uniform. The only reason those guys are wearing the uniforms at night because they want ass. Yeah, I was about yeah. to say, that's you know why they get it's laid like, like crazy. This, you know who's trying to blow their whole check? It's me right over here. I would yeah, be doing yeah. that. If I was a firefighter, I'd wear my uniform. I'd wear, wear the mask 24 hours a day. <laughs> just, wear the helmet. I wear the whole thing. Yeah. It's fleet was, week in would, New York You City would wear the talking. whole thing because you're probably, the nasty things that you do, you're probably afraid of being identified. So that's for <laughs> me. You. So yeah. Yeah. I can see you right now walking around with a fireball. Oh, because of all the skeletons? Out, with your dick out. Because <laughs> of the skeletons yeah. in my closet? Yeah. yeah. Like, uh, yeah I got a whole trail of. That's yeah. why you got to stay in mask, but. Filth. But yeah, so they don't have to do that in no, Korea. No, no, They're but just I'm, being American. They no, but get my laid. question is that when I was in, we were in McDonald's like one in the morning, and they came around and they told everybody to get out. They were like, you guys, go back to the bed. Like, curfew, curfew, curfew. Right. But then they didn't do anything to me. They, they could knew tell, he wasn't a soldier. Am I too big of a puss or what? Yeah, you have a look <laughs> like you wouldn't defend our country. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you, you have deserve. a look like, look you know, you look like, yo, listen, man. You look like a straight draft dodger, man. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> You're not like you're like no. I think I'll go to Harvard, man. Yeah. Yo, I'm, off to, I'm off to Canada. Yeah, fuck that shit, man. Daddy, <laughs> well, save they, me. They pegged me right. Now you would be in like the National Guard. I think is yeah. like your dad would get I you. I think yeah. back during the Vietnam War, if your name was Turner, you didn't have to go. I, that, was that was part of the law. Yeah, that was. I know that was it. That was definitely. It was in the undercover in the in the uh, what do you call it? The Pentagon Papers. Yeah, they saw exactly. that was in there. The dirty version. All right. So then, how long were you there? I was actually in Korea for a year. It's called a remote assignment. Like, you have like long term, long, long assignments, and you have remote assignment. And those are usually in places like high security places, like Korea, like Turkey, places where we have like, like, like military interests. When I say that, where we have our nuclear weapons, as much as everybody's like, "Yo, uh, North Korea, they need to stop." Uh, people don't even know we got nukes in South Korea. Like, you didn't know I'm that. I'm trying did to think if I knew that. I don't think I didn't know that. <laughs> no, people don't know that. They just think we ought to just chilling. The, the reason Do we, the North Koreans know that? Why do you think they not setting <laughs> shit off? <laughs> Yo, Kim <laughs> Ul or whatever is that he ain't stupid. He yeah. know he got a, he got a couple of he got a couple of like bottle rocket rockets. We I mean, got shit like we shut shit down. We could really does shut does shit Trump down. Trump know about this? Probably yeah, no, Jesus. No, no, it didn't again. He may not. Know. Yeah, he may not be realizing that option yet. I knew we had the music, Good. like, because I just read an article a couple days ago that we finally turned off the music. Like, we blast music into North Korea yeah. or just like talk radio or something like that. Uh -huh. So, how did you? So, you learned, because like, you learned enough Korean while you were there to do it on Chappelle's show, right? Yeah, I'll say I'm not fluent, but I'm at a conversation level. Like, if you speak slow enough, I could get the gist of the conversation. But if you, like, with any language, if somebody speaks real fast, in like their normal tongue, you'd be lost like crazy unless yeah. you was born and you were linguing linguist that word linguist. Um, what li linguistic? Um, linguistic. Yeah. Turn yeah. Up, get, he's, he's linguistic. Leave it, up, leave it up for Turner to come through to straighten those words out. <laughs> <laughs> this guy's linguistic. <laughs> yeah, but um, yeah, I spoke enough. Just like I said, conversation level. I could, I could. Could you do a Korean comedy sh show? No. Oh, I did a stand up. Did I did stand up in Chinese. At the, oh yeah. Uh, the fat black pussy guy the other night. You you speak Chinese? I do. Yeah. Fluent. I speak fluently doing stand up and it's a different story. Yeah, but Jim, but if you know enough of it, like it's it's almost like you could almost speak broken Chinese. That's kind of what I did. You know what I'm saying? You <laughs> yeah. know, you know, it's like you you could set the joke up in English and you could use the Chinese 
as a punchline. Mm. Well, so, so see, that's, that. that's what yeah. I got to do next time. That's what I went up first. I did, I did it like jokes in Chinese, and they were just like half the crowd didn't even speak Chinese. They <laughs> said it was a Chinese show, but then everyone else later did what you just said. They yeah. were like going back and forth. Yeah, because they'd get a, they would first off, people would get excited the fact that you're a white guy, and in like it's one thing to say, you spend time in China, right? Yeah, long it's time. one thing. Like people would know, even if you said where it's wrong they would know it's authentic because you probably got the right inflection in your voice. You know how to enunciate certain things. You know how to use your face. Like, we communicate. When you speak in the other language, it's just one thing to say anything, but you can feel it. Like, like if I say, like, in Korean, like, like oh, shit, it's like, I go. Yeah. But if I just say, I go, you're like, okay. But I'll go, if I go, I go. Yeah, I go. You know what I mean? People <laughs> yeah. like, yo, he been around some Korean people. So, like, the little, the, it, 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 that's kind of fascinating that you could do it. That's Keep what they were that. saying. You know what they were saying? Ronnie, Ronnie Chang was on the show. I don't know if you know Ronnie, but Ronnie was saying after. Chang? Yeah. Pretty know? sure he's Chinese, right? He, yeah, Malaysian Chinese. What type? Yeah, Mal- I was. I didn't know if he was Korean Chinese or yeah, Filipino yeah, yeah. Chinese. <laughs> <laughs> you said Malaysian Chinese. You get me. Well, he's from Malaysia. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I get it. Yeah, yeah. So he, uh, but he was saying that after, after I came off, after like Joe and Gus that came up, he was like, these guys are like, they like change into different people when they're speaking Chinese. Right. Yeah. He's like, they're almost like becoming a Chinese person. Yeah. That's exactly what you were just saying. Yeah. That's the key. But that's like unusual. Is it unusual for people in the uh, military then to learn? Uh, Another language while they're there. Yeah, we get. No, it's not. It, it all depends on how how you trying to um, integrate yourself into their culture and their society. You know, if you're a guy with it over there, you're just like, I just want to work and that's it. Yeah. But if you want to socialize, if you want to meet different people from outside of your norm, anywhere you go, you got to learn part of language just to survive. So for me, I wanted to learn it because when I would go downtown, women got really excited. When I spoke a little bit, they were like, oh, 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 oh. I was like, I got some more. And I used to, um, <laughs> and the way I learned, uh, you know, I worked eight and 12 hour shifts with um, guys from the, the Rock Air, Republic of Korea Air Force. So if you work with somebody for a long time, you get bored, you want to communicate, you start sharing words, you know what I'm saying? And like, I would teach them English words, and they would teach me Korean. And then it's just like, that was one of my things every day. I just wanted to learn some other stuff. It'll, it'll work out, and it's just, and when you're in another in another country, you get a different level of respect when you take the time to try to communicate with them, the way they communicate and learn some of their language. Yeah, they see it. As I mean, like, but Americans, we're assholes. We we're the only people that goes to another country. We're like you. We be in Japan. You're like speak English, motherfucker. No if you could explain to these Americans, at least the men, that it would help you get laid. Yeah, you know, exactly. Maybe they were, you know, it's like evolution. But who wants to get learning. laid if the Cavaliers are playing, bro? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know. But sports gambling is yeah, legal. Lo- 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 no, we're, we're, not doing now, we're married now. This is all we have left. Yeah. Oh, now I get it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, living vicariously through another motherfucker. Yeah. Yeah, yeah you still want to feel like you're out there, but you know you're not really out there. A hundred percent. And yes. um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Have you been married before? I have yeah. never been married. Yeah, smart man. <laughs> no, I think about it. I got a baby. I was like, it's good. It one whichever comes first, marriage or the baby. Right, you got I one. The black, I did the black, the black, the black route. <laughs> <laughs> I plan on getting married. How old is your kid? Two and a half. Two and a half. Yeah, oh. I got a young. I'm an older dude with a young kid. Cameron's got four and a six year old. Yeah, get it. That's is it not the best shit ever. That's great. You thought but... you were here for. You thought you were here for a certain purpose, and your purpose. You could still be here 
for that, but once you have kids, it you really know like, okay, this is my true purpose. Yeah, it's you know? uh it's makes you thing. makes you more selfless. And also ages you. <laughs> At the same time. <laughs> and also your wife's in India right now. Oh my god, that's Cap a whole, solo. That's a whole Two kids. She's uh, yeah. She's trapped. She's in India for work. But oh, nice. She's uh, it's quite an adventure. Nothing like when your family member, or your wife, works abroad. <laughs> you know what I mean? Where is she? She's working abroad. She has a job. She's in India, yeah. and that's a dope job because you just don't go to India for bullshit jobs. You know, you're not. You'd never be like this. Yeah, my wife just got a job at McDonald's in India. <laughs> right. She had to do some training. Uh, yeah, yeah. Check yeah, in yeah. on the fact. Yeah, she's gonna be a Starbucks manager, so she had to train in India. Right. But wait a minute, for Dunkin' Donuts, this possibility that you would <laughs> it's go. Actually, true. Yeah, yeah. yeah you you're right. Go. It's a way to brag about their job without actually having to. The brag. old Simpsons uh, quickie mart. So we go back to the. My spouse makes a good, makes a lot of money because they're abroad. How long yeah. has she been there? Uh, it, it, this she went on Saturday. She still hasn't got her bag yet. Because it got pulled because she put a, um, you know those little iPhone chargers, like the Mophie? Yeah. Yeah. Apparently there was, a, there was a big sign in Hindi that she didn't read properly because it's in Hindi. And it basically was warning you not to put those things in your luggage. And she took it out of her carry-on and put it in her luggage. And they pulled it out of her bag and made a whole thing. And then she was sat on a plane for four hours. It was delayed. And they still didn't, the bag, because this is how India works, I think. Right. The bag still didn't make it there. It's day four. It's made it through. There's six levels of security when a, bo- a bag gets pulled. Apparently, wow. it's made it through to stage four. It's got two more stages to be cleared, and then she'll get her bag. So she's uh, right now. She's probably wearing some Indian gear wherever she is. Wow, they nice. Bought her some clothes. She's gonna be there for a while. She's there till Saturday. Uh, so this is yeah. She got like four more days. Oh, so like I half thought, the trip, no bags. Half the half I the trip, you no bags. She was doing like a remote, like I did the military. Like oh no no. <laughs> It's an Indian company, so she goes a couple oh, times a year. Dope. But uh, yeah, great. it's like 110 degrees there now, and uh, lovely. I'm sure she's having a good time. Trying awesome. to. So how did you get to go to Korea instead of I don't know wherever else you could have gone to Germany or something like that? Well, you don't have a choice. You when you're trying to get your orders, they they give give you what's called a dream dream sheet, where you get like six or seven choices that you would like to go to. They try to accommodate you, but it's not really that's not the case. But then they just decide on where you're gonna go about whatever your job is. You know, I mean, certain jobs just can't just have no need on certain bases. But when you're um, security police, you could pretty much be at any base. So I I tried to go for Hawaii. Then I tried yeah, to for good. DC. I did all the other stuff. And DC. Then, <laughs> yeah, that's where, that's where I'm from. Yeah. So and it was like I never thought of that as when you um when you when they call you off your orders, they all have everybody standing around, and then they call your last name and they tell you where you're going. So it was guys like. Jameson, Hawaii, <laughs> uh, like Markson, San Diego, Rawlings, Korea. And all I heard, everybody's like, oh, shit. <laughs> and I was still, I was just turning 18. The first time I ever been on a plane was to go wow. enlist in the military. So that was a big deal for me going from like Alexandria, Virginia to Kunsan, Korea. And I looked so young. I was, they thought I was um, uh, one of the general's dependents. You know, I look. I didn't. I don't think I. I think I might have shaved twice for four years in the military. They used to call me Eggy Eye. Eggy Eye is, <laughs> is baby in Korean. They like, oh, girl, too much Eggy. I'm like, motherfucker, I'm a grown man. <laughs> you know, but yep, that's how I did. I, I didn't pick it. They, they, the military. That's what they do in the military. They decide on what you're gonna do with your life, which wasn't bad because I got some good things out of it. Did you have any other anybody else in your family who was in the military? Or you Almost everybody on on my mom's side of the family. And black people, you always got to say, your moms, you're like, how many brothers and sisters you got? 
Well, on my mother's side, I got two, but on my father's side, it's oh, like yeah. four and five. <laughs> but all of my uncles were in, like, my uh, granddad was um, uh, in the um, army. He was part of this unit called the Triple Nickel, like the first like black, black uh, airborne. When you know you jump out of planes and shit right. like that. One of my uncles in the Marines. Another uncle was in the army. Another one was in the Marines. So yeah, I had a lot of people in my family were in the military. So what did you think of Korea before you went? When they told you you were going, I didn't think about Korea. Nothing. Yeah. There was no reason for me to think about Korea. Only time I thought about Korea was when I was going to a Chinese restaurant, and that guy wasn't even Korean; he was Chinese. <laughs> you know what I mean? So I didn't, I didn't, I didn't think anything about Korea. I was like from, like I say, born in D.C., grew up in Alexandria. So, shit, I was just trying to get to New York. Never would have thought no. That Korea Korean was. food wasn't even yeah. big no, and until I feel recently. Like, I feel right? like in the Ameri in between the Korean War and like the North Korea nuclear period of life like in that time period before i feel like americans the whole place didn't think about korea a lot you know like, yeah but what made like korean food is popular is like you could say no this is the difference you could say hey anybody wants some korean food they'd be like no i'm good but if you say especially for black people you say you want korean barbecue then yeah. it's like oh okay now that makes <laughs> yeah, sense you're right you're right you gotta throw barbecue in that some kind of way that was Sell like it. indian bar you want indian food no we want indian barbecue hell yeah throw that barbecue on it yeah man yep wasn't mash in korea it's uh, Vietnam. Ma Mash was Vietnam. Oh, right? it was? I think so. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Much, much more. Lots of laughs at the Vietnam War. So, <laughs> where'd you go after Korea? You were in for four years. Uh, I did a year in Korea. Then the last three years, I was at Bolton Air Force Base in Washington D.C. Oh, you got back. You got your wish. Yeah, but that was kind of, kind of fucked up that I went back to D.C. because they knew that I was from D.C. So I wouldn't hang around the base so much. I would go hang out with my old friends, and you know, old friends have old habits. Not that I had any of those, but I realized that it wasn't. It was getting kind of interesting because every Monday at 11 o'clock, they gave me a random urinalysis. The military? Yeah. Listen to what I said. Yeah, every, every Monday at 11 o'clock, that, they gave me <laughs> random. Random, random. Yeah, 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 yeah. Wait for it. Yo. Yo, I'm here all week, guys. <laughs> Yo, every week, they so, was like, you have randomly been selected. I'm like, how the fuck am I randomly selected every Monday at 11 o'clock? Why? Because they, they saw who you were hanging out with? Or? Well, they just knew it's like, you know, they knew that I was a cool dude, black dude from D.C. You know what I'm saying? And Yeah, and you don't that, think of people getting stationed where they're from. You no, know? I mean, it was it was cool. But did they you pass those your analysis. Yeah, all, you, yeah. You I use never, someone else's pee or do you? No, no, no. I wasn't. I was. I didn't. Um, well, wait, wait. Should I, should wait a minute? How should I take what you just said to me? <laughs> Is that should I take it as Donnell? So did they find out you were doing drugs? <laughs> or Donnell? I know you would never do drugs. I knew you were never. <laughs> there you go. It's me. No, but no, I wasn't. I was uh, straight as an arrow while, while I was in the military. Nice. So um, then you started doing stand up when you came back, or were you doing it before? I was. Um, I was out of the military. And I was waiting to become a DC police officer. This is a, that was a, the, the skill I was trained in. And during that process, I used to work this job security and a lot of coworkers used to go to this comedy club to um, just as some coworker camaraderie type morale shit. And I would go and I just started heckling the comedians. <laughs> and I became a, a, the dopest heckler ever. <laughs> like I would as people started to come to open mic to hear me heckle. I started joining the audience. They were like, yo, yo, is that asshole dude gonna be here tonight? Yeah. And that was me. I'm like, yeah, I'm over here. 
Comics say they're well, mad then, that the heckler thinks he's part of the show, but you. I was actually, gonna say. That's, <laughs> no, I didn't. I didn't think I was. I, didn't, I just. You actually became though. I just like fucking with people, and I I was cocky. As people started coming to see me, so I, I came tried, to see you heckle. Yeah, and I, was, I put and you I, on I, the marquee. I, yeah. I tried to get a, I, no, I tried to get a door deal. No right? shit. I said, listen, man. I've increased your business by 30%. I think it's fair <laughs> to say. Ridiculous. I swear. That's I, the cockiest heckler of all time. Yeah. But it's not knowing. But but it, but the thing about it was there was some truth to that. Because people at my job, like, you know, this open mic, it wasn't like it, when, I, when I started going. It wasn't super packed. It was a small spot, maybe hold like 110. But I was rolling up in there. People like 30, 40 deep. You know what I'm saying? You come in the spot yeah, like, you, you know, you don't... You, <laughs> It's an audience member. He's a, yeah. he's a bringer heckler. <laughs> yeah, no. bringer heckler. Yeah. But person. yeah, but but Changing the thing the about it was now the club scene is clubs that do that. You got social media guys that don't have like a yeah. lot of experience on stand up, and there some of them aren't that funny, and the clubs know it. But at the end of the day, those people bring people in to buy drinks and buy food. So I was I was a little. I was just ahead of myself, you know? But if you can, like, to be quite honest, man, without me going through the obstacles of paying your dues or anything, if anybody, comic, can bring 30 or 40 people to a venue, then really he could get some money off of that. That's true. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can get, yeah, you get booked that way. Yeah. I'm not talking about, I'm not talking about, like, bring or bring two or three people. I'm like, a quarter of the crowd was there <laughs> for me. And they spent money and they, they bought food and they had drinks and we had a good time. Did they ever heckle you because you weren't heckling enough? Or they never, <laughs> like, did you ever not bring it? You just didn't have it that day? <laughs> Double heckle. Or, or you really like the comics and you're like, I can't heckle these guys. Eh? No, yeah. but when I first, when I went up there, I because I prepared to do a dope set. I, my first time on stage, I prepared all this material. But you know, you go in the first time, you just draw a blank. And when I felt how people stare at you like they're waiting for you to make them laugh, I mean, I, the first time I went on, I never wanted to heckle again. I felt it in me, but I didn't want to do it. I was like, it's just a tough job to have enough nerve and courage to go up there in the first place. Yeah. And then when I first, the first time I ever went on, I, I damn near got a standing O. And it was by, like, it was like, you have people, like, people were waiting for me to start comedy. You know what I mean? They were encouraging you, me. Your even, first show was at that same club? Yeah. yeah. Like, they were, you know, <laughs> even though I was a heckler, like, all my friends would still be like, man, you should go, not just heckle, but you should go up there. You should go up there. And it's after weeks of that, it built up. So they were rooting, my friend, people were rooting for me to go on. So the first time I went on, I didn't know any etiquette. I didn't know about the light or anything. And I went on stage, I drew a blank. Then I started roasting somebody. Then I went into the material that I wrote. And then it just, the room just started exploding. It was just like, you could feel like a career was about to start, you know? And you could feel it was a buildup. And then uh, they gave me the light. I didn't know that the light meant make that your last joke, wrap it up. I thought I saw a red light. It was like, oh, I got to go. They, they tell me I got to leave. And the crowd was like, nah, fuck that. <laughs> yo, they was like, fuck All that. All at one time. Yo, yo, they was like, yo, I'm serious. They was like, boo. <laughs> they was like, fuck that. Bring the asshole back. They didn't even know my name. Uh, they was like, yo, bring the dude. Bring, 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 bring him back. And then uh, I remember the host, Mike Washington, he said, okay, wait, wait. Everybody relax, 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 calm down. <laughs> He's like, Donnell, no, 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 no. Donnell, this is first time. Donnell didn't know. He explained what happened. And then um, every week after that, I just kept building and building and building. 
You ever? Because I feel uh, the first time I did it, I thought I did pretty well. And then the second time I did it, I just tanked. Uh, no, it was the first time I did it. I ripped. I ripped for like probably the first four months without wow. a bomb. That's pretty tough to do. Some people, it's just, you know what I mean? Some people just, and I don't, I don't say that doesn't set what your, your skill set is, but some people just got it. True. You know what I'm saying? Just yeah, got yeah. it enough where even if the jokes don't work, it's something about their personality that works. You know what I'm saying? Like so many people start off at the beginning where they don't, they probably got one joke, but their personality is so strong. Their stage presence is so strong. You're like this, they're okay now, but once all that stuff starts to align and it come together, they're going to be an animal. But right now, when you talk about just rawness and just raw, like, is that motherfucker funny? Some people just, that's just them. Yeah. You know? Some people were born to do it. And some people, if you weren't born to do it, some people have the work ethics to put the work in to get good at it. You know you can do it in Korea now? What you, you can do in Korea? You can do stand-up. There's clubs and stuff. Yeah, in, in like English. Have you been back to Korea? So, yeah. I haven't. That's one of my, um, just, that's definitely a bucket list situation. Just so, I want to perform there, but I also just want to go back to some of the places I used to hang out, because this is like many, many years for me. And I know this probably won't happen. Would it be interesting if some of the Korean guys that I work with, like if, I wonder if they ever saw me on anything. Right. right? They, they and it was like, they used to call me bullshit man <laughs> and too much gameplay. They'd be like, oh, Lollies, you're too much gameplay. Too much bullshit. You, they used to be like, you everyday gameplay all the time. My time, your time, daytime, nighttime, and nighttime. <laughs> so it'd be interesting uh, if I could see them. Oh, be like, you should oh. do it, man. Yeah. There's a club in uh, in Seoul and then that Osan and, and then in... That's why I asked about Busan. I swear it's called Busan, but maybe not. But a beach town in the south. There's I a assure you that it's Busan. Busan. Okay, I believe you. The beach no, you town. don't because you said you said it again. You don't believe me. You didn't believe me. You did not <laughs> yeah, believe Yeah, you know what? You're right. I yeah, didn't yeah, believe yeah, you. you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. Yeah. I don't believe you. Yeah, so I'm just saying. Yeah. Google it. They can also be two different places. No, could be two no, different. no, no, no. You're pronouncing it wrong. Yeah. Am I? Google it, motherfucker. I've been Googling it. Google it. You've been Google it right now. No, don't do it now, but that's it. Oh, okay. And it'll probably be a best time to do it is when I leave. So I won't know that I was right. That's a good idea. Well, then you know, oh, okay. You I thought you were saying you know you're wrong, but yeah. yeah. We'll, just, we'll, we'll just Google it. It'll be a cliffhanger. If the, if the audience knows Ensis. <laughs> I think everyone can just Google it. They're all listening I think to Googling a it right now. podcast right now. Yep. They're on, on their the phones. You can do two things at once. I mean, did you travel anywhere else around Asia when you were there, like on break or anything? Or did you? Yeah, leave? I don't know the towns, but like I said, I used to work with the mil uh, uh, Korean military. So on my days off, I would go to their hometowns. You know what I mean? Yeah. I would go visit their families. Right. Like I have no idea where I was, but I know I was going to places that little to no Americans go, let alone black Americans. Right. Because I would be walking around and they would look at me like, what the fuck? <laughs> You know what I mean? Like, I'm talking about people that never saw a black person. And they would come up to me and, like, rub my skin to see if it would rub off. <laughs> Yo, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm, I mean, it sounds crazy now, right. but we're talking, like, 25 years ago. You know what I'm saying? Like, probably with not a lot of TV. Yeah, where are you going to see a black person in Korea? Yeah. Back then. You know? They got Netflix now. Yeah, now yeah. they Yeah. So you didn't go to a beach town now, because I'm sure that beach town... I'm sure I went to a beach town, but I'm sorry. <laughs> they were, they I don't want to let you down, but I don't know the name of the fucking beach town. <laughs> 
All right. I know when I leave, you be like, yo, who the fuck doesn't know when they're in the beach? Now? <laughs> <laughs> it's me. <laughs> it's all business. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I don't know if I'm in the beach. Protecting the homeland. America. Yeah, that's what yep. we want our soldiers not to know. What about now? Are. What do you think now? Of Korea? Yeah. It's like, it's going to be, what's going to happen? Are we going to have peace? Do you have any insight? I'm, I don't. I don't think. I, I don't think that we have peace. I think Korean government may be playing with us a little bit. This is my feeling. I may be wrong. I just think that they they want to position themselves so where they could say the ultimate "fuck you." And what would that be? How would they do it? Fuck you. Do, like, but do, to Trump's face in Singapore. Not to his face, but I, I think that like just to it. set up like you know like. They're not gonna change like that. I think it's a. It's naive to think they're gonna. Just... Yeah, it's naive to think that a, a evil motherfucker is just stop. It's gonna stop being evil. You know what I'm saying? You gonna get your photo ops, whatever. But it just be interesting to see what happens after that. We've told we we tell we've told them plenty of times. Stop testing rockets. What do they do? Nene, nene, nene. <laughs> so you think a motherfucker's like, what happened in this life where all of a sudden, it's just like, oh, I want to change. Donald Trump did that. Donald Trump doesn't doesn't um, support or give the impression of anything that has to do with love and getting to a better place. That's my opinion, and it, you know, it's not, I'm not going to go heavy on no political shit. But just, I think as much as people like you, could, it's easy for people to say our economy is doing better and all of this shit. But socially, we are at a in a, in a fucked up place. And if and if 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 getting people more jobs means creating or supporting or attaching yourself to more hate, how does that help us? And I talk. They say uh, you shouldn't talk about politics politics as a comedian because you could divide your audience. And to be quite honest, I don't give a fuck. Not that I don't give a fuck about dividing my audience. I don't care about who voted for who. I think it's a silly argument to be upset with someone. Because they chose to vote for who they wanted to vote for. You know what I'm saying? I'm not mad at the Republican Party or anything. You know, I'm rich, bitch. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I have so many reasons to align myself up awesome. <laughs> with them red motherfuckers. You know what I'm saying? But I, I still got to, you know what I mean? I'm like, oh, yeah, I'll take that part. Let me take, whoa, don't want to take that part. You know what I'm saying? But I just, just, I just don't, you know, just. Well, the Republican Party is not what it was a few years ago. Anyway, it's it's it, it's it's Trumped and it's moved into Trump Party. Right? Yeah. yeah, but uh, but then they, now that I I think it's insane that the North Korea like he's like okay I want to be friends now and so then what like but he has been just putting everyone in gulags for the past like I don't think he wants to be friends. He's like I want to talk now. He wants to talk. You're right. Yeah, and that, might, and that might 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 be for him that he may be setting himself up for his people. He just wants to feel important. To um feel a different way how does he all right the hate the hate how does he change that i have to be a kinder gentler kim <laughs> dictator yeah and how do i do that give the perception that i'm kinder gentler how do i do that put the olive branch put the olive branch out there and once yeah. he gets a photo of him with the president that he can then the, they put it on state tv in north korea he can say anything he wants about what happened they don't know you know what i mean yeah that's true and you know, unless, yeah, Trump can say whatever he wants. I was going to say, unless Dennis Rodman's coming over and showing him the size of the button and all those nukes you mentioned, in the South size Korea, of the button. Maybe it changes mind a little bit, but I don't. I'm not optimistic either, to yeah. be honest. But it's just that um, I don't know. Our country is, and it's just 
it's a lot of negative shit going on and that that we should address and try to take care of that i don't know it's very interesting seems like it's more on the surface now than in the past i don't I, there's the argument that it's always been around it right it just yeah it's always been, been there but like a lot of uh angry racist people didn't have the right leader true you know it's like you know they didn't have the one that they haven't had nobody that would go up there and say I don't give a fuck. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah somebody like, say, oh, there's good people on your side, too. They yeah. Never, they never had that guy. Yeah. There, there'd be, like, some guy in, like, I don't know. Who was the guy? The, the KKK? David, oh, David Duke. Duke. But, but he was they too. would always lose. They'd run right. for, like, governor of some yeah. state and then lose pretty well, he early. Wasn't, he made the mistake of not hosting The Apprentice before he became the KKK. Yeah, you're right. You need to become famous so. first. That's what and every time in. you think you're in a situation or a position where, you know what? Like, Dave Chappelle even said on SNL, he's like, I'm going to give him a chance. And that's fair. That's fair, but every time you feel like, and I get, I know he don't care about public opinion. Every time you you give him a chance, you feel like he'll do something that brings everybody together, and not just his base. Every time you think he has a moment like that, mm. it's something fucked up. Yep. And you're like, come on, bro. I'm trying to love you. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Give me something. You know. Yeah. I think it's Turn because normal humans. Uh, there is a, they're always, you expect him to behave, and now we're talking politics, but you expect him to behave he like, he doesn't behave like a normal human. Like a normal human yeah, would yeah. be. That's and a normal and human. then the reason why he doesn't, would bring uh, it back around. Act like, he doesn't act like, um, doesn't do like a normal human, because the shit that he does, he can continue to get away with it. Nobody checks him, and he got elected. He got elected. He, he won, right? You know? Yeah. Nuts. All right, let's get. We should get to the news. Let's bring on some news stories. Before we do that, do you have anything uh, coming up you want to promote? No, I just want you guys to get excited. Uh, I have a new single. Every once in a while, I do spoofs and parodies. I have a new single come out where it addresses something that I think that is very, very, very important in the in the um not just the African American community, but just in the in the skincare community. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like you know, I was waiting for it to you know turn. the skin skincare community, and it's like. Charles Gambino did um, This Is America, and I got inspired to do a song called um, Ashy America, and it talks about the trials and tribulations of growing up, being taught ashiness, and wanting to stand up for yourself, and you don't you want to change the dial, and you, and I think everybody, they're in, listening, at some point in their life, they had a time where they wanted to go from ashy to classy, <laughs> and um, my, my single... Uh, Ashy America talks about that and it challenges us as Americans <laughs> to not be ashy anymore. So and I'm going to follow that up. I plan this is going to be a, a big campaign. I want to start a nonprofit, the United Negro Lotion Fund. <laughs> and this fund is going to go to the inner cities. Yeah, so they need not the place, most. Yeah, because people live in, in cul-de-sacs. They usually have a lot of <laughs> skin skincare. Yeah, yeah. Like a whole yeah, bunch yeah. of shit. Yeah, but you like in, when you're from Marcy's, son, um, <laughs> sometimes you don't have the lotion options as other people would. Right. So I want to go to different communities. I want to go to different villages. <laughs> and I, hopefully I can get like uh, Vaseline or Gold Bond. So I want to support these efforts and, and I can go... Uh, City to city, state to state, village to village, and just try to change 
this epidemic of ashiness. That's good. When, so if we if we have listeners who work at Goldbond or yeah. any of those, that's industry. not important. Get in touch. If we have listeners that are ashy. Okay. Yes, we, get in touch. We'll find a place for you to go. And is this put on? Is this God's by way. Donnell Rawlings or Ashy Larry or who's, who's Ashy Larry this? is dead. Ashley Larry died. Right. Yeah, Ashley oh, Larry died after that crap game on Chappelle's show. <laughs> Ashley right. Larry died. Fifteen years. But ago. the thing about it, just what people don't understand, it's not. This is an effort for Ashley Larry. Okay. This is an effort for Ashley people. Uh, yeah. And people ask me, time, people say, Daniel, how long are you gonna talk about Ashley Larry? I don't talk about Ashley Larry. I talk about Ashley people. I was Ashley before Chappelle's show. When Dave <laughs> Chappelle said, Daniel, what are you gonna do to prepare for this? Was Ashley Larry? I said, I'm gonna take a shower. <laughs> I'm going to dry off, and I will be the ashiest person in Hollywood. Yeah. <laughs> so it's a way of life. It has, it's not just one person. Ashley Larry is dead, but Ashley people live forever. All right, my condolences. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> to Ashley Larry and his and family. I don't, I, you know what? I don't believe that was sincere. You said your condolences, and then you laughed. I apologize. <laughs> don't, don't apologize to me. Talk about apologize to all those ashy people that are listening to you. They look for you. They look. They look, they look up to, to me. They, they look, look to Lost up to in America you. podcast. They, yes, they look up to you to right the wrongs in America. All right. Okay. And the laughter out. And if you can sit up here and laugh at the demise and the death of Ashley Larry, what fucking type of American are you, bro? I don't know. You're a lost American. I gotta look inside. That's who you are. You need to get inside your soul, man. I can't do it. Your listeners can't do it. No. You gotta fucking dig deep inside yourself and say, fuck this ashy shit. And you need to celebrate the life of Ashy Larry. The same way you celebrate the life of Dr. Martin Luther King. The same way you celebrate the life of um of of uh of um of Simba from Lion King. <laughs> hero Did you laugh? No. Did you I laugh didn't. at that shit? No, no, no. Did you laugh when Simba fell off the cliff and died? No, oh, spoiler. <laughs> <laughs> if you're being spoiled by a movie 20 years later. My kids. I'm talking to my kids. You need to get a life. <laughs> All right. He All didn't right. laugh when Jesus died, though. This one. I'll tell you that much. Shoot Tank Clan ain't nothing Jesus. to fuck with. All right. Let's get, let's get to the news get on that news. note. News story of the week comes to us from the USA Today, Kaplan. All right. Arizona woman accused of sending 65,000 text messages after first date with man she met online. So she's accused of it. Paradise Valley, Arizona police arrested Jacqueline Adez, who's 31 years old today, on suspicion of stalking and harassing a man she met online. She got arrested. This woman got arrested for sending 65,000 text messages. What's the number where you get arrested on? Like, what's the limit? What's excessive? I have no, I don't, I didn't think you could get arrested for sending text messages to somebody. You can get arrested. I think there should be a law for that because first off, women love to text for one reason because it forces you to read a conversation that you would never <laughs> listen to in your fucking face. Yeah. But see, the problem is, and the reason why she went crazy is 67 texts. This would set her off. She texted probably five messages and then whoever she was stalking re replied with a K. Mm, <laughs> yes, you big mistake. Engaged. With a K, Women go crazy. If you reply with a K, you really want to piss a chick off? Reply with a K, give her the fist, do emojis. K, fist, thumb, muscle sign, 
the 100 sign and the dude running with smoke coming out of his ass and then in with a gift and she'll fucking go crazy every time. And then she'll, sick, then she'll be in <laughs> uh, Arizona high. prison. Yeah, I just left Arizona. I heard about that story. Within two weeks. What? I don't know. I can't get my wife to uh, respond to any text messages or answer the phone like during the day. Yeah, well, she's Chinese. I don't know. They don't. <laughs> I think it would be the opposite yeah. of Chinese oh, yeah, people. So I would take this. I would I would take but, the sixty five. What's your data plan like? Do you I mean they unlimited texts these days? Like I guess it must be sixty five. Do you want to hear what some of her messages she yeah. said? This might answer why she went to prison. Okay, so here's one. Oh, what I would do with your blood, I want to bathe in it. <laughs> That's that just sounds You know, kinky, I would give maybe. any Vampire. female listener advice. You don't want to come on too strong. You know, <laughs> and, and, and with a guy, you're gonna scare him off when you start talking about his blood and bathing. Oh, and then the other one, she calls herself the new Hitler. So Ooh. I don't even know how that's flirting. Well, if the guy's a white supremacist, it's, it's kind of hot. But I mean, yeah, Arizona. he's German. If the guy's huh? Jewish, it's probably not the right move. I don't know. Yeah, probably Unless not. Unless he's into like real kinky stuff. I don't I don't. So you were, it was pre-text messaging when you were in Korea, right? Oh, my God. By a lot. I was, because yeah. in China, it was, I had friends who would, because there's some phrases that sound more intense in right. English than they do in translate, Chinese. A tra translation thing. And so I had a friend who was like texting with a girl and she's like, they were supposed to meet at a bar, and he goes, oh, I can't make it tonight. And then she texts back, oh, I want to stab you with 99 knives. <laughs> <laughs> that's... And then we found out later, she was like, no, I was just, that's play talk. That's a term of endearment. And, yeah, it's like a saying. So you never know. Language so language. saying you want to bathe in their blood could be a translation thing. Maybe that could be romantic. That's something I put in a, on, on a Hallmark card for Valentine's Day to my wife, I think. Exactly. <laughs> 99 knives, not 80. Specifically no. 99. 99. That's got a good, yeah. yeah. All right, next story. Oh, this is a parenting one. This oh, good. Good for both of you guys. But this comes from The Independent in the United Kingdom. Sexuality expert Deanne Carson says parents should ask their children permission before changing their diapers so, get, so they can set up a culture of consent. All right. And me too, taking it to new. <laughs> Carson made the suggestion on ABC News during a segment about teaching consent to young children. To do so, she suggests parents ask their infants questions such as, I'm going to change your diaper now. Is that okay? Would you do that? I would love this because I love it. I haven't. I, my kids are out of diapers now, so I don't. I forgot even how. Like if you asked me to change like a doll's diaper, I wouldn't even know where to go. Yeah. But uh, I love an excuse to get out of it because I, <laughs> I would be like, "No, honey, sorry, I can't change it. He didn't give. She didn't give consent. Verbal consent. Yeah, I'm. I'm a feminist, so you have to do it. That's me. No, I teach my son before I like that. I teach him, don't touch. Anybody come close to your gentle genitals, you yell, don't touch. Oh, you can yell it. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, t I, I teach my son, don't touch. That's pretty good. Yeah. But, what about but the same people that came with that idea are the same people that invented time out. Yeah. And black people hate the motherfucker that invented time out. Yeah. What? Why is that? <laughs> you, don't, you don't do timeouts? We don't do time we've, out. we've talked about this a little no, bit. No, no, you don't do have a naughty out. step? No, we don't do that. We do, I threaten my son with pop out. I never hit him, but I let him know, you want pop out? And whenever I say that, he's like, I'm not fucking. He don't say I'm not fucking with a pow pow. Yeah. But his face like, says that he's not fucking with a pow pow. Yeah. What do you have to do? Do you have to like make a, like, how do they know what a pow pow is? Like, I just do a little, little sound. I'm like, you want pow pow? Yeah. All right. I need, but then I need the whole tips. thing with kid, with, with the whole thing, kid, it's like, for the most part, when they cry, whine, or anything, it's just a love to communicate. You just got to figure out how you're going to communicate with them. And I use like my son's favorite, like, animated cartoon people or whatever. Like, whenever I have an argument, not an argument or discussion with my son, I always tell him, like, Paw Patrol, right? I was like, I'll tell him, so how do you feel, what do you think Chase, how do you feel Marshall will feel about this? Do you want me to tell Marshall? And he respects Marshall and Chase more than me. Yeah. yeah. So one's, <laughs> well, one's a cop and one's a fireman, so. Yeah, and I'm a little upset that, that the cop is his favorite one. Oh. <laughs> but I'm like, and then he's like, oh, my God, I don't want, not that I don't want to make Dad upset, I don't want to make Marshall upset, and 
Marshall is a good friend of my dad. So it's all psychological stuff with kids. And at the end of the day, I think with parenting, I know it gets frustrating, whatever, but the whole thing is like the best thing to know about parenting is you have to establish patience. And the arguments and the frustrations and the breakdown come through when, ha, ah, I don't have time for this right now. And like, you want to see this? It's like, it's just communication. And I will say one thing about me being an older dad is that I have the patience now. Yeah. You know what I'm I have the patience. I see the game. That, that's, that's what I'm, sometimes I lack the patience. Working, working on the patience. Well, you yeah. got two kids. Your wife's well, it's India. harder when you're. It's this easy week. to be patient when you're by yourself with your kids. It's harder when you're out in public. Ah, like there was a baby. Then you feel like people are judging you if you're if you're being patient. and You're trying to like get them to. You feel like no, but the are right people. But and... but the fuck the people that's watching because at the end of the day, it's relationship you have with your kids. That's I true. know people are like this. Oh my god, I can't believe. Listen, motherfucker, this is a kid. He's learning. I'm. He's learning me. I'm learning him. He's learning how to be out or whatever. And 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 if you don't get it, fuck you. It's the same way. If you're on a plane and you have your kid is like, you know, like crying or whatever, there's people like, oh, I don't believe you. Then go fly private, motherfucker. Yeah. This is what it is. And it's it's a it's a part of life. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And people and people have an issue with that. Those are the people that probably deep down inside, they help they hate themselves. And which brings me to a phrase when I was growing up, it makes no sense, but we say, fuck them and feed them cold beans. <laughs> <laughs> and that's what you're saying around the Kaplan household. That's, uh, fuck them and feed them cold beans. Does your son know you used to be a police officer? No, nah, he doesn't know that. that I feel like but he think knows that was that, cool, that, right? But he knows that I'm a comedian. He knows what I do for a living. He knows that? It's funny. Yeah, like, this is the only guy that's ever told me that he was funnier than me. Oh, yeah. I'm like, I'm funny. He's a good heckler. Is he yeah. heckling you? Yeah, he is. <laughs> I'm like, I'm funny. He's like, I'm funnier than you, daddy. That's... And I let him slide. All right, last story of the week. Oh, we were kind of talking about this earlier, but it's from The Straits Times. So I'm going to be in Singapore January, no, June 1st and 2nd. Okay. okay, we get you Mary travel, Lund. we get it. Comedy club. Mary Lion Comedy Club ticket still available. <laughs> President US Donald Trump, US President Donald Trump will also be there meeting with North Korean leader Kim Jong un on January June 12th. I can't talk anymore. Uh, plugging him for him too. <laughs> yeah. They'll be also He's be going the Mary up Lion. against you. It's the same the, day. They'll be at the Mary Lion <laughs> Comedy Club. You guys should get him to come to your show. I will I'm also gonna be at uh at El Paso, which like whoever coming up. And I just found John Stewart and Dave Chappelle are gonna be there the same day. Oh yeah, you're done. I know. Yeah. Rival. I'll get you tickets to the show if you want. Yeah, to. You oh yeah. Just <laughs> show and <go> to <laughs> it's insane. El Paso. Yeah. And I looked up their tour. It's like th- it's like Boston, El Paso, and Pittsburgh. It's like those three the, cities. Those are the yeah. big three of the comedy circuit. They're probably gonna add Singapore to that. Yeah. Now that they found out. Right out of business. What I, Dave said. He, I talked to him today about that. He said, "What are the streets saying about me and Stewart on the road?" I was like, "Dave." <laughs> I have to keep reminding you, you're Dave fucking Chappelle. Yeah, exactly. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's like, you're Dave Chappelle. It's like, oh, yeah, it's John Stewart. It's Dave Chappelle. Oh, yeah, and John Stewart. But I said one thing people will know is that that show is definitely going to be politically charged. Totally. And I yeah. think if you got two perfect voices to give their perspective on the state that we're in, it's for that reason. Because I'm looking at like, why couldn't it be Dave and Donnell? But for that particular reason and that reason alone... It's gonna be a great tour and it's a great show. And I was like, I said, you guys have made people laugh for years, but what's gonna be important about this tour, you two motherfuckers can actually make people think and you guys can also alter the political landscape of how people think. I agree. I mean, like, I, if you go back and watch old um, uh, daily shows with Jon Stewart, it's not all one sided. Right, like the, I feel like the current, like newer stuff is really one sided, yeah. and, and Stewart he, yeah. would go back and forth and hit and everybody. The thing about what's so dope about that, those to be quite honest, 
Those two shows, along with South Park, built Comedy Central. Chappelle Show, Daily Show, South Park. Yeah. Hands down, I don't give a fuck what nobody wants to say. 100%. Because before Chappelle Show, Comedy Central was like a network that only comedy junkies knew about. If you're a person like just, I just need comedy all day. Yeah, that was the first show. I think Premium Even, Blend built it as well. What? No, I'm just kidding. Oh, Premium Blend. Talk, <laughs> I was like, yo, get the fuck out of here, man. <laughs> there you go with that devil and shit again. You know what I mean? You don't give a fuck that Ashley Larry is dead, and you said that Comedy Central was built on the Premium Blend. blend. <laughs> you're just a nasty person on the inside, man. son. Yeah, man. But those, no, yeah, but it, get and those shows around the same time, I feel like, when The Daily Show actually took off. What? Was around the same time as when yeah, the da- Chappelle show. Yeah, was- Daily Show was bubbling like crazy. Right. Two thousand election, like the early Bush days. Was like I was what? in college during that whole thing. It's like the Iraq War days was when it really. It was insane. I mean, I'm, I'm kissing your ass because you're sitting right here. I mean, not because you're sitting right here, but I would. We would go. We would watch Chappelle show and then go out to the bar, and like thirty minutes later, people sang. The lines. That oh yeah, it was just, like people always they like. It literally just happened. You got haters, not haters, but people have difference, differences of opinions. Like, man, that show was over fourteen years ago. Get over it, whatever. And you know what? It's easy to get over and get past a whack bullshit show that nobody gave a fuck about. But it's not too often. I tell people all the time. They're like, "What are you doing now?" Every since Chappelle show, I'm like, "I'm sorry that I happen to be in one of the most iconic television shows." In the history of television. Yeah. It's not easy just to say, fuck that. And another thing about it. I would take out the I'm sorry. Huh? (laughs) I wouldn't (laughs) even. Sorry, not sorry. (laughs) You know what I mean? But it's like, and it's one of the things, it was just something about this show that continues to resonate with people. Even if you look at like anything topical and pop culture, there's always some type of comedic reference to Chappelle's show. It's one of those things where it'll be memes, it'll be gifts. It'd be part of it forever. And like, I don't run away from like, don't call me Ashley Larry or anything like that. But I, I am aware that I was a part of history. And if you're a part of history, why not be proud of that and, and, and talk about it? You know? Yeah, it's amazing. So I'm going to be talking about I mean, we used to people, people right. used to get ass off with like, excuse me, college students be like, yo, you know how much ass I got off of those DVDs? Yeah. Yeah, and they were like this. They used to have like parties, like college students, like 1030. On Wednesday, get everybody around. That was you. That was me. And played. There was just one he of those. He didn't get any ass though. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but no, we did like every Wednesday from from episode one, season one, because we were all. Chappelle came freshman year to our campus, University of Miami. So we that's and, another, and half baked and all that. We were already into him. That's another thing people are like, phase on the people so, so, that they made question like, who is Chappelle's fan base? Like when he first started, everybody knows Chappelle hit mainstream like right out the gate yeah as a black comic that's one of the toughest things to do you can say all you want like i love my people and that's the truth but you still want to be um you want to be appreciated not necessarily accepted you want to be appreciated by everybody you know what i mean even if you're in the black circuit you want to be able to say i can go rock a white audience i can rock whatever audience and like Chappelle's show it brought like everything everybody together and it was one of the only shows where you could talk about race issues and you don't have to be angry you can have fun and laugh about certain shit and i was talking to dave today i was like i was like man you ready to leave bro you you're like you're more than just a comedy you ready to leave i was like you got all these people following you they want you to take them somewhere he's like i don't think i was like man you are that person people have listened to you be funny forever now they will just want to hear you talk what is your perspective on life? 
What's your point of view? You, you, you have that. A lot of people don't have that. And when he first started, he did when he first started. The college scene loved Dave. Yeah. He was that dude. You know what I'm saying? But that's how he started. And then, and those are people who knew it. You go to any college camps, who was Dave Chappelle? What do you mean? Blah, 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 blah. But if you go to like Marcy way back in the day, like Marcy or, uh, or Bedstar or something like that, they'd be like, oh, I don't know that motherfucker. You know? But I think one thing about the Chappelle show, everybody that either was a fan, they were a fan, they follow him, and then people that just were just introduced to him, it was just everything came together. And that's what made it a dope show. Yeah, it was like the only way I can explain it is like if you're if you're from DC and you're a, a Bullets fan, or like a Wizards fan, right. and the game ends, and then after the game you go to a bar and everyone's talking about the game. Yeah, that's how it was with the show. It was like ten thirty. Was it ten o'clock or ten thirty? It was like, and it was pre. Like now everyone talks about every show on Twitter. I don't and even on know if that could Facebook happen anymore because there's too many shows. It was like too much. There's too many ways to watch programs. And it, it was like right out of the gate. You I know never, what I'm saying that was. You got to think about it. That was before on demand. That was before streaming. That was before download your favorite episodes. That was before binge watching all that. That was when you had to watch it. You had to watch it. I just remember like the it was like the first episode where he's like the KKK guy, black white supremacist. And I just remember like everyone was talking about that and like and then kind of even though it was immediately like I told somebody this there was a comedian viral. There was a comedian doing a media circuit and he was trying to say that Chappelle show wasn't funny until the first second to the second season. I was like, he was like he asked the guy. He was like, what do you remember? I was like, yo. The first episode, yeah, the white like, blind supremacy sketch, was, was a sketch that so woke genius. America up and be like, "What the fuck yeah. just <laughs> happened?" Yeah, yeah, yeah. Did they say that? Did they flip that? Yeah. What the fuck? Everything, I'm everything tuning in next week. Also, yeah. Player Haters Ball, I think was was the first yep. season, that, yeah. right? I mean, whatever. It was. It was dope. Godzilla in Japan. I don't know when that was, but that was. That was man. The show was damn. It was so much fun doing that show. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, you should cancel your El Paso show. Yeah, exactly. No one goes to you. People don't go see Turner. (laughs) I might do that. What are you working? A comedy club there? No, it's a private. It's a corporate show. Are you good to go? Yeah, yeah. Are you good? That's a built audience. This country club. Look at him. (laughs) (laughs) Nothing wrong with that. But I'm just saying. Oh, you'll be like, as long as you don't have to go public to sell tickets. No, no, no. They sell tickets. Yeah, yeah. You're good to go. Yeah, Yeah, crap. But what you should do is like half with yourself. Like, listen, guys, I gotta get out of here and go check out Chappelle. I might do that. Good way to close. Yeah, but if you want to go, I'll take care of if you want. That'd be amazing. Yeah. yeah maybe I will. Yeah. I and, oh, yeah, here. and I'll leave a message that the only way you pick up your tickets, you have to say, fuck Ashley Larry at the box office. <laughs> <laughs> and we see how well that goes. They be like, yeah. fuck you. Ashley Larry's dead. Yeah. All right. Don Al, thanks for doing the podcast. Yeah, it's awesome, man. Thanks for having me. Remember, ladies and gentlemen, it's, it's, it's one elbow at a time. It's one knee at a time. And Ashley America, I'm here <laughs> to save you. One bottle at a time. I'm That's out. it. Kaplan, what should we do? On that note, let's get lost. Good. I'm rich, bitch! Just to watch.
fucking we know 